well, the whole concept of what I want to do is to create a space where everybody feels like they have the, the safety and like they feel welcome to share their stories, even if their family doesn't look like a traditional family, whatever that means for a step family, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like already non-traditional. So I just, when, when people show up, I just want them to automatically know that they're going to feel included. Well, and I loved when you made that change. I thought it was just spoke to who you are and what you're doing. I thought it was a great, a great name. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. We are super excited this week to have Beth with us, and she is the inclusive stepmom on Instagram. You need to go check her out, and she has an awesome story that she's going to share with us, and honestly, we try to like not get too much of your story beforehand because we like to just have it real and raw. Yep. (laughs) That's good because I didn't share either. I was like, you guys can just ask me whatever you want. (laughs) I love it. That's very much our approach of just kind of how we go about it, and I asked if there was any talk off the table and she said no so so you I might go regret by, that but you go by the inclusive stepmom the inclusive yeah. stepmom yep and she is a certified step parent coach correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is awesome she is a stepmom she is a wife and we are excited to dive into your story today let's do it so first question how did you become the inclusive stepmom well i um I started a blog, I think back in 2016, it started mostly as like political ranting, which didn't really go well for me. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I dubbed myself the babbling blonde in the beginning and okay. was just trying to be like silly. And then um, I started primarily only writing about like both my step parenting journey and a lot of LGBT topics with family dynamics. And really ran into a lot of step parenting spaces that had really exclusive language with yeah. uh, very just like cookie cutter terminology and acronyms for labels of, of different family dynamics. And then none of them fit me. And so I thought like, there have to be other families out there that have the same situation and they don't feel comfortable sharing their stories because they don't have like a bio mom or they don't have a husband or, you know, they don't fit in these boxes. And so I actually met with, I do some marketing writing and I met with the manager of that and um, he offered to help me do some stuff to grow my platform. And he was like, well, the first thing I'm going to tell you is you can't expect people to tell you things in confidentiality if you call yourself the babbling blonde like it sounds like you just run your mouth all the time and I was like that's probably a good idea (laughs) (laughs) and so I was trying to think of, of what to change my name to and I thought well the whole concept of what I want to do is to create a space where everybody feels like they have the the safety and like they feel welcome to share their stories, even if their family doesn't look like a traditional family, whatever that means for a step family, right? Yeah. I mean, it's already non-traditional. So I just, when when people show up, I just want them to automatically know that they're going to feel included. Well, and I loved when you made that change. I thought it was just spoke to who you are and what you're doing. I thought it was a great a great name. And one of the things I've loved too is I remember watching one of your stories or something and you pointing out 
those usage of, you know, the common words that we use in the step parenting, co-parenting community and thinking, oh, you know, I've probably been guilty of that several times. I'm just a reminder to like what change. Were, what were some of those words? Well, like she was saying, just using like bio mom and different things yeah. like that. Like that doesn't always, that doesn't include everybody. And yeah. There are Facebook groups. I don't know if you have seen any of them all, but they have like tens of, there are step, like stepmom Facebook groups and they have tens yeah. of thousands of members. And when you join them, they have like, it's pinned as part of the group, you know, rules. documents or the rules and they, and it's a set of abbreviations and it's all DH is dear husband, SM is stepmom. It's all these little abbreviations of what you use for your family. And they're all just for very specific scenarios. And I was confused when I first joined because I kept saying BM over and over again. And I was like, is that bowel movement? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> no. I still feel confused by all those acronyms. I'm always like reading through and I'm like, okay, what? What is this trying to tell me? Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess BM could stand for bowel movement. <laughs> There's all sorts of things those acronyms <laughs> could stand for that run through my head. But I'm like, yeah. it's not yeah. that. It's not that. And so I never posted because I was yeah. like, I don't even know. I mean, my yeah. stuff looks so different. Like I, I didn't feel comfortable ever asking for help or anything like that because it was just very small. Yeah. So Beth, tell us about your family then. What is it about your family that you said? You said there were aspects of your family you, that you didn't feel fit into the traditional non-traditional family. Yeah, introduce us introduce <laughs> us, us to your family. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so um, I have a wife. Her name is Jen. And she adopted her daughter, Mia, when um, she was born with her ex-partner, who is also female. So there's no guy. Well, the only guy that's now in our family is um, my wife's ex has a fiance. And, oh, okay. and He's a he, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like the Lone Ranger dude, yeah, with all the all the moms. And so there's no bio mom at all. I mean, there is a bio mom exists, but she's not, you know, in, in our current family dynamic. Yeah, it was a private adoption. So yeah, there's no dear husband. There's no BM. There's no any of that. Wait, so, what's a dear um, husband? Like, you're my dear husband. You're right? the dear husband. Oh. Yeah. Husband dear. I think that's like, a weird term. Yeah, I, I thought that was weird too. I was that's like, funny. I don't have antlers. <laughs> I know it's a it's a strange one. So you and your wife have mm -hmm. Mia, mm -hmm. and you share custody, correct? Yeah, fifty fifty. So we um we used to live in Pittsburgh when Jen and I first got together, and Mia was four. And when she started kinder, so then it was easier because she could just come down and stay like five days yeah. in a row with us, and there wasn't school to worry about. Then when she started kindergarten. Um, her Jen's ex grew up in this tiny town. We're just South of Erie and we bought a house up here so that we wouldn't lose time with her because it was, we would have lost time and, and not the other way around because these, there are more roots in this town. Yeah. So it would have been harder to, to switch the other way. So we came up here and we have a two, two, five, five schedule. So it's, it's 50, yeah. 50. And so how long have you and Jen been? What with? is 2255? Yeah. Sorry. Matt and I both just looked at each other like 225 schedule. <laughs> yeah. We're, I guess we're not on these Facebook groups a lot. Sorry. Well, no, we have the luxury of, so my wife's ex is a family attorney. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to go even more into the weeds, her fiance is the attorney who represented her against my wife in custody. <laughs> Oh, oh wow. my goodness. That's like that's how small this town is. So yeah, they set up 2255 is, so she's always at her other house Mondays and Tuesdays. She's always with us Wednesday, Thursday, and then the weekend switch. There you go. <laughs> I think they're still like processing, which is yeah. funny yeah. because we have weird schedules too. 
Mia likes it because um Yeah, I think I we, mean, like, we we more have like a two, three, eight, nine, five one. That's <laughs> <laughs> very straightforward. Uh, yeah, totally. I want to hear why Mia likes it though, because I was interested oh, in this. Um because she because of her age, I think it's easy for her to keep track of because yeah. like she has swimming on Tuesday nights. Uh-huh. Tuesday nights she's always at her other house, so like all her swimming stuff stays there. And she it's it feels very consistent for her when yeah. she has activities because she knows like what days of the week she's with who. And then it's like, is it a mommy weekend or is it a mama weekend? And then it's just simple. And did you say mommy so who, or mama? Yeah, who's the mommy and yeah, who's mama? Who's... Jen's mommy. Okay. And uh, her ex Liz is mama. And has that always been the case? Like that's how you tell who she's talking about? Yeah. <laughs> does she call you Jen or does she refer to you as, I mean, sorry, does she call you Beth or does she refer to you as mom? She calls me Bethy. Bethy. That's cute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So and, and I Bethy. never wanted to push for like a, I mean, so sometimes she accidentally calls me mama when she's yeah. like needs help or something. And I'm always like, mm, like I get real excited, but uh-huh. I've never, <laughs> I've never pushed for a mom title because she already has multiple and it yes. just feels confusing and much more yeah. straightforward if she can just give me my own name. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us about your story. And I mean, you didn't come out until you were 27. And so we'd love to hear kind of your upbringing and how you eventually came to terms with, or like, what was your process in that? How did you, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. So it wasn't something where I just like didn't feel comfortable saying anything until I was that age. I I didn't know. So I identify as bi and I grew up in rural West Virginia in a church pretty much. So I grew up Methodist until I was um, in elementary school. And then my mom worked in the church and then there was like a whole child porn scandal thing. And so we left that church. Yeah. And then um, from there, we went to like a full blown, like fire and brimstone evangelical church. And that's where I grew up. I grew up there. And so I just, I didn't have like intrinsic homophobia within me at all, but I didn't like, I just didn't think about it. And I very much thought you were either straight or you were gay. Like I didn't understand that there, there was a possibility of being like not on one end of the spectrum or the other. And so I was like, well, I like boys. So obviously I'm straight and never thought that there was any other possibility until I met my wife, weirdly enough. And I, I don't know if it, I, so in the beginning when we were together, I was convinced that it was just her. I was like, I just fell for this one person. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized that I was so sheltered when I was growing up that I just didn't meet the, like my type of female. Right. Like, Cause I, I, I'm attracted to the more like androgynous person and that nobody like that around me yeah. was like that. And so I just didn't know. And Jen and I were best friends for about a year and a half before I figured it out because I'm a dummy. (laughs) Did Jen figure it out before you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, yeah, she just needs some time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for a while she was like, this girl either likes me or she's one of those like hoity-toity straight girls who likes the attention and just wants to flirt with me and stuff. And so I think that like she was a little bit skeptical for a while, but she yeah. was kind of along for the ride either way. And then what happened was we actually had a huge fight. Oh. And yeah. And I figured that out because of how upset I got over the fight. <laughs> I was like crying and stuff and I was like why is this bothering me so much and it kind of hit me and I was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) I'm in love with this person yeah (laughs) this isn't just another girlfriend yeah 
And so how long ago was that? That was in 2015. Okay. So about yeah. five years. Mm-hmm. I was curious where in West Virginia. I used to work in the eastern side of the state in some off-door um, sales job. <laughs> I grew up in a town called Buchanan. Okay. I don't think I was It is there. south of Morgantown. It's about an hour and oh, a half yep, south of Morgantown. I worked in Morgantown. Yeah. <laughs> and so did you, I mean, like, has your family, how did they respond to all of this? Were they good with it? Was there any... Things have changed over the years. I I mean, I was terrified to come out. I had friends who had come out and had been, you know, like my family was very accepting of them. But of course I was like, well, that's not, that's not me. That's not somebody in their family. Mm-hmm. And it went well. I say that with the caveat, that, like my mom and I haven't spoken since 2018 and like, oh. I, or that pretty much that whole side of the family, there was a lot of fallout after the election. Oh, Okay. And my wedding was right after that too. And so um, there was just like a whole lot of heavy drama and um, I moved past it with some people, not with others. So was it more of a, it was more of a fallout because of political views or was it a combination of both? So it was, um, there were people who I was really close to who very proudly voted for Trump and I am, I'm not a confrontational person, but I'm a very honest person. And so because we were so close, I reached out and I said, I'm not understanding what, like, what happened. Like, this is, feels really hurtful because like, do you realize what you've potentially done to my family? Yeah. Um, and he said, well, you're bi and you clearly can make a choice and you made a choice. And so whatever happens wow. is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> and and so what stemmed from there was kind of like everybody took sides, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, after that happened, I was like, I'm not going to show. That was like two weeks before Thanksgiving that year. And I said, well, I'm not going to show up and f- bring my family, not knowing how this person feels about my family. Yeah. And so they were there, though. And I told everybody, like, if they're there, I'm not coming. And they were there. And so I didn't go. And my mom did go. And so what happened was the cycle where we kept coming second. We kept having to be the ones to pick the different days to come and yeah. celebrate holidays. And I finally, I put up with it for a long time. And then I was like, I'm tired of being put in the corner. So like, maybe you could spend every other Christmas up here with us. And that didn't go well. And so like, it, it felt like the support was there in the beginning because it, it was easy. Yeah. Um, And I think when it got harder, then there was not as much support. Hmm. Yeah. That's tough. What about your father? Yeah. So weirdly enough, um, I'm like, my family sounds like so much drama when I talk about it. Um, (laughs) Every every family sounds that way. (laughs) Um, My dad and I didn't talk for a few years and we have reconciled um, a few years ago. And so I actually threw my when I got certified to become a step parent coach, we had this whole section on parental alienation. And I realized through all of that, that I think that I was alienated like from my dad a little bit. Can you say that phrase again? Parental alienation. So it's when in divorced parents, one parent, like whether it's subtle or overt, does a lot of work to drive a wedge between the two. And mine was subtle enough that it took me years to figure it out. But when I went through that training, I had a light bulb and I was like, oh my God, I think that happened. 
So my dad still lives in West Virginia, but um, a few years ago, we got back in touch and he's been wonderful. And I have realized that a lot of the things that I was led to believe over the years were probably not true. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the reason why I asked about your dad as well, because I, like, I've felt as though our experiences with our children, like, I feel like we've grown closer together with the experiences our children have had with their grandparents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and just, I don't know, just seeing our kids grow up with having those relationships with their grandparents. I was just curious as to what, what that looks like with Mia Yeah, that's actually part of the turning point for me with my dad, because he was so great meeting my family and he has taken to her so much. And um, I don't remember getting a lot of like verbal or physical affection from my dad growing up. And he just dotes on Mia and I I can't help myself. I'm just like, okay, fine. Like it's just because he loves her so much. And And, you know, especially for me, like there's no biological attachment that I have to Mia. And so that says so much for him to care for her so effortlessly. And like, um, I mean, he calls her all the time and he he writes her letters and mails them to her. It's just, yeah. And so it's made me see my dad as this entirely different person than I thought he was. That's awesome. Well, and that's a gift for you and for her. I feel like like that's a blessing for the whole family, for the whole family to be able to have that connection and, Mm -hmm. and to feel that. How awesome. It's always interesting, too, when a, a parent becomes a grandparent and kind yeah. of gets a second, a second shot at being a child, involved in a child's life. And it's interesting to see how sometimes how they show very, up. Yeah. How they yeah and I think, I mean, you guys have probably seen this, too. I know it wasn't as easy for dads to have, like, much of a say in custody back then. And I think it's that true. he, yeah, and he's, he has said a couple of things to me over the years, like that he should have or wish he would have like fought harder to spend more time with me. And it's made me realize like, I bet that was the odds were stacked against him. I think much more, I mean, they they still are sometimes, but definitely much more back then. Yeah. 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 We've experienced that they still are. And so I feel like that's definitely, yeah, back then it really would have been. Is there, is there any resentment towards your mom for that that you have? (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I feel resentment. Because I, it feels like very selfish and I have realized over the years that I think my mom's hang up is that she needs to be the most needed person in somebody else's life. And when I, when things kind of went down, the conflict happened because she was no longer the most needed person in my life. I had never had a partner before who made me feel like so comfortable to be myself and had never been so independent. And I think that my mom had a lot of trouble with that. And so, and I think that the wedge with my dad came because she had to be the most important person to me. Interesting. Um, And, but my biggest disappointment came from when she and I had a falling out, she disappeared from Mia's life and she didn't like, I would have been fine with them. still having a relationship, like I wanted, I didn't want that to happen. And so like birthdays got ignored and visits didn't happen. And so then my anger started to become like, you've cut my, my kid out of your life now. Yeah. And that's not fair. Like whatever's going on between us, like now she's hurt because she has said like she misses her and stuff. And I, yeah. I don't know what to say to that. And so that's when I get mad because I get like a little bit mama bear and I'm like, don't make her upset. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you and Mia have a really great relationship. Yeah. What has that process been like for you becoming... Stepping into that stepmom role. 
So she was almost four when, um, well, I should say I, I had met her before because Jen and I were friends for such a long time yeah. and we worked in the same building. Um, we worked with the same company, but in two different apartments, departments, we were on the same floor. And so I remember when Mia was like two or three years old, she came in to work with Jen once and she like came into my office and she like drew on my whiteboard and I was like, Oh, look at this cute little kid. And so then when we began dating, I was like, Oh, this is a different thing though. I got to figure (laughs) out how to do this, but I tried to just be her friend separately. And I tried not to push too hard because, and I was a child of divorce too. And my, my mom's been married like four times and I was always very skeptical, right? When I was like, how long are you going to be here? And I know she was too young to have like that perspective, but I was like, I just want her to not see me as someone who's trying to be her boss. I want her to see me as someone who's trying to be her friend first. Right. And I think that worked out really well. And I do feel lucky that I got into her life so young because I'm waiting for the day where I tell her what to do. And she says, you're not my mom. Like, I know that's Uh, coming. (laughs) And refresh my memory. How old would she have been when you and Jen got together? She was almost four. Four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is an interesting topic because I assume next time we record, we're at the point in our story where Matt, we talk about your approach of stepping into the stepfather role with Penny. Yeah. That's kind of where we left off last week. So yep. interesting that that ties in. Yeah. And I think the age of the kids has a lot to do with it. I mean, yeah, I think definitely stepping in when they're younger is easier than when they're older. <sighs> yeah. Because I think she doesn't, at this point, she doesn't remember me not being around. Yeah, um, right. and so I feel very lucky for that because there's she doesn't wish things were she doesn't have a memory to wish that things were a different way. So is her mama? Is that right? Not mommy, but the mama. <laughs> yeah, Jen's ex's mama, Liz. Yeah. yeah. So is she? Do you guys have a good relationship as well? We do. Yeah, it was pretty tumultuous in the beginning. Yeah. Um, it, but you know. Largely for reasons that I respect. Nothing was too, like no bridges were burned too badly that we couldn't come back from. The worst things that happened were about money. And it's like, everybody fights about money at some point, right? Yeah. And so there were a lot of like just time and feelings that people had to heal from. But she, I, she's a really great mom. Yeah. And we do work together really well. The, our biggest struggles came before she partnered up again too. Yeah. I think that it's really hard when you feel like it's kind of like, you know, you have two people that are happy together and you have one that hasn't found somebody yet to help yeah. them move on and, and be happy. So she's with somebody now and they just bought a house together in December and he has a daughter. Oh. And so... Yeah, that's so she's actually stepping into a step parenting role. And that has been um, a really (laughs) weird thing to like, we don't do all holidays together, but we do trick or treat together um, Uh is one of the big ones that and so we all walk around the neighborhood together. And they're like last year, she we, after we had both had a few glasses of wine, she was talking to me about um, her, like, some of her stuff that she's been dealing with. And I'm looking at her like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting it, which hopefully makes her more understanding of your role in her daughter's daughter's life and appreciate more that you're showing up in a way that's loving and supportive. Um, Yeah. And I try to, you know, I think I'm a lot more involved in Mia's life than, um, than his partner is because he also has a kid. It's like, I put all my energy into parenting this one child, right? Because I didn't come into this relationship and we don't have a baby together yet. And so they have more of a dynamic where like he parents his kid, she parents hers, and they kind of like are doing that side by side. And so I try to be careful 
because my level of involvement is not the same as it is over there. And so I I respect, like, for example, I called, I asked this year if I should go to the parent teacher conferences, because there were a couple of things that like specifically that they wanted to talk about because Mia was having some arguments with some friends and usually there's nothing to talk about. So I don't go, but because that came up, I reached out to her and I said, would it be okay if I come? And she respectfully said that she would prefer me not to. And I didn't go, but her reasoning was, so she and Jen disagreed on how to approach that situation. And she said, you would have to be on her side and then it would feel like two against one. And I said, you're exactly right. And so I didn't go. And I feel really grateful that we can have that conversation without things. For for being able to have that conversation. To both of you, that's a very mature approach to that scenario that could have gotten ugly otherwise. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Because I don't, you know, I would absolutely be there if Jen couldn't go, but there's really no reason for me to come over, like come there other than to be a jerk if she didn't feel comfortable. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I asked, which she respected, I asked, and then she said no. And I, and then explained that was the reason why. And I was like, that makes absolute sense. I would probably feel that way too. Yeah. Yep. Good for you guys. It's not perfect all the time. Oh, no. We know. (laughs) But you do your best. And if you can have those conversations, it means that you're heading the right direction. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. You you do your best and you understand the other's perspective. Yeah. And be willing to and open to hear that other perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of the conflict that happens when there's conflict, it's usually the type of conflict that, like, Jen and her ex-partner would have if they were still parenting together too. Yes. Like right. it's, it's yep. the regular parenting conflict that you just have, right? Because you're yep. not going to have the same opinions or make the same decisions all the time. Nope. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, it's good. Create some balance and variety. variety for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Has Mia ever experienced any like issues because she has three moms? Like has anybody ever brought that up or is it just been a she hasn't yet I mean obviously I would be naive in thinking that's never going to happen yeah this is a very very small town and so everybody knows who we are um now when you say small town like what's what population are you talking um less than 10,000 whoa yeah that's small that's small (laughs) yeah there's a college here and that's where a lot of like the traffic comes from there's a Allegheny colleges here. Um, but it's a super small school. Now don't quote me on that number. Cause I'm, I would have to check. Yeah. yeah. But just small. Yeah. yeah. It's very small. And so, you know, like we're the, the gay lady family with the redheaded kid. And like, so it's like a signature. <laughs> very but I think part of the reason, because Mia's other mom grew up here, there's a lot of respect for her already. And so okay. it wasn't like we just came into town and everybody was like, who's this gay family? So we're so embedded here, or at least she is, that that's never been an issue. But we very recently started having more serious conversations with her about the fact that we're different. Yeah. Um, and just so, just so she knows, because yeah. I think she spent a lot of her life so far not even realizing like... It's, that, it's her normal, right? Yeah, exactly. And to explain like... Some people aren't okay with with the fact yeah. that two women love each other, and and she got real mad. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so yeah, I think that she, I mean, she would be ready to stick up with her family, and she's fiery. So she's not the type of little girl that would like. 
I think be, she would be upset at the person. I don't think she would feel shame in any way. Yeah. I think the biggest adjustment for her has been having a, a male, like a male father figure in her life. <laughs> I think that would be hard after you've been raised with three moms. <laughs> that would definitely be an adjustment. Yeah. yeah. I'm grateful for it though. I mean, cause we start like, she has uncles and cousins and stuff that we try to make sure that she like feels comfortable around men. Yes. Right. Because yes. that's really, really important for her to have guys in her life that she trusts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think his presence has been really great for her though too. Good. Yeah. We've tried to have conversations with our daughter, Penny. She's 10 now. And mm-hmm. we're like, listen, at some point, probably somebody's going to be mean to you about this, or you're going to yeah. have to stand up like, for your dad and you kind of need to know how you feel about that personally and what that looks like for you. Because like you said, like you feel like Mia would get fiery for you guys and definitely supportive. And and I think that's a decision. I mean, I think Penny would be the same way for sure, but it's something that I feel like she needs to process and know how she wants to show up in that situation. Yeah. Has she experienced any of that yet? She hasn't. And she's pretty open about she's it. She's very and open about it. For a while, she mm-hmm. almost like bragged that. <laughs> that she had a gay dad. Yeah. Her dad do, dates do you remember, boys. Do you remember when she was, oh, we were driving. I had Penny and Hank and Sarah in the car. So shortly Steve had after all three you, of our yeah, kids. Shortly after you guys were married. And Penny says, my daddy kisses boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, like, like a cool thing, like, <laughs> which I think it is a cool thing. <laughs> well, I think but, there's that. Oh, it was just funny. Like testing boundaries. Also, I think she's done that some to see how other people kind of react to give her a feel of, is this a safe place of how are these people going to accept this? But she's done it in a very confident way. So that's why I asked. I just wanted to know if that was something you guys have had to deal with. And Yeah, that's, I mean, so there was one time, um, Oh my gosh. So across the, uh, we have her friend from school just moved in across the street like less than a year ago. And I came home one day from work and I saw that on the driveway, no, it was on the garage and, but it was in like chalk paint, the word lesbians where it was written on the garage. (laughs) It's like really big. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was not like, even Pride Week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wrong garage, suckers! Like <laughs> you painted wrong that in the wrong house. Um, but <laughs> but I found out that um, that her friend and her other friend, these the two girls, that they say that they're together. Um, they're both eight, and so they they're calling themselves lesbians. I thought that, that somebody was like saying that because of us, and so we were like about to rumble. And, uh-huh. and then, but I really, but we, so we figured out that the two kids across the street had written that on their garage. And so they like, but those are words that Mia doesn't really know those words yet. She oh. just knows that like people can love whoever they want. And so that mm-hmm. was like the first opportunity where we were like, you know, she's like, mom, what's a lesbian? And we're like, wow. okay. And so <laughs> there had to be like a conversation about labels that, you know, yes. you don't have to have one, but here's how some people call themselves. And you know, you can love whoever you want. And so your friend might start to feel like she likes girls, like she would want to have a girl partner when she's older. And, you know, the only other thing other than that was she had a friend over once and we have a, we have a wedding picture in our um, living room. My wife and I were kissing in the picture and her friend was like, she pointed at it and she was like, (laughs) they're kissing. And Mia was like, yeah, it was their wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to kiss at the wedding. So yeah. it's interesting to me that Mia's getting the opposite experience that you had in your journey of 
she knows what it's like the general principle of loving who you want to love and being open to that without really knowing the labels that someone might categorize other people with versus you feeling like there are these two labels yes you knew all these labels and felt like none of them really accurately described where you were at in your your journey so interesting that she's getting the flip side of that yeah and it's i was raised with such like polarizations because you're, you know, you were either gay or straight. And I, I didn't even know really fully expl- understand other religions too. It was like around yeah. me, it was like, you were either an atheist or you were a Christian. Like it was, you know, there were just these very black and white binaries. And so I feel really happy to get the chance to not do that to somebody else, like to make sure that they don't ever have to feel like you have to be this or this, and that you only have yeah. two choices all the time. And that's awesome. Which according to Somebody was telling me right now they have kids in junior high and was telling me that it's like a very common thing now at, at that age that you declare what your sexuality is. Like you have to wow. like make it known to your classmates. Are you straight? Are you gay? Are you bi? Are you, you know, whatever category you think you fit into? And huh. their their point with that was, how is someone at 11 or 12 supposed to know and make it like an official yes. statement of this is what I am. Well, I think a lot and... of kids probably do, but there are going to be a lot of kids that don't, right. that are and... still like, where do I fit in? I don't really know myself yet to be able to make that statement. Yeah. And I think especially if you might fall somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, I know my exactly. wife tells me that she knew she was gay very young because yeah. like, she didn't have the words for it yet, but she used to say like, when I saw movies where a boy liked a girl, I thought I, I thought I just wanted to be the boy. Like I thought I just huh. felt like a boy and yeah. didn't realize, but like, she always knew that she liked girl, like just girls. Yeah. And I think that when you're, if you're bi or you're pan, um, and, and you are fine. Like you, you see boys and you like boys, you see girls and you like girls and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. hard to figure that out. And for anyone listening on our podcast, I don't know if we've ever, if pansexual has been a word that's ever come up, but that's so bisexual. You like males and females pansexual. You like a person with their gender kind of out of the picture. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's kind of how pansexual is. Yeah. I, I, um, I did a, a panel. I went to the, this LGBT journalist conference last year and I was, I was on the bi plus panel and we talked about the difference between bi and pan. And I think pan was created to make sure that that meant all, all genders, like yeah. okay. gender is just not a factor whatsoever. And some people oh. think that bi is like trans exclusionary and it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, but I think people don't like the word because bi within itself means like two. Yeah. Mm. And so it's kind of specific. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess I could probably say I'm, I'm pan. I like, I'm learning new things about myself all the time. <laughs> I don't know. And that's life, right? Yeah. It's the opportunity we have. So in religion, you were saying you grew up with just the two views of that, like you were either Christian or you weren't. And mm-hmm. so do you, where do you categorize yourself now? Do you have a view on... It has been a journey. I don't know. I really, really clung to Christianity right when I first came out because it just felt like comfortable and I just really wanted to hang on to it. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time over the last few years just trying to learn about everything else to say Uh like, well, do I just believe this because I think it's because that's what I've been told. That's the only like answer or is there something else that connects with me more? And so 
We celebrate a lot of pagan holidays in our family. So we do like winter solstice instead of Christmas. I mean, she's like a lot of our extended family does Christmas. So we still, we do like Santa and all that stuff. But we do like a lot of more paganish seasonal, like nature-based holidays. Um, And so I've been really trying to like find myself through (laughs) religion, I guess, over the last few years and reading lots of books. So I would, I would probably say that I don't think I'm Christian anymore because that doesn't make sense to me anymore. Uh Um, I've learned so much that I feel like I can't definitively say like what you believe is wrong and what I believe is right. Like that doesn't feel right to me. I don't, I feel strongly that there's not like one answer to anything, which inherently probably means that that's not, I'm not that, (laughs) (laughs) but I I don't think I would hang my hat on anything specific. I'm trying to learn as much as I can and just like do what feels good rather than do what someone tells me is like a rule. That's awesome. Good for you. I think Steve would kind of agree with that. Like you kind of gravitate towards that, don't you? Yeah. I, um, I don't claim to have the answers on things. I've just kind yeah. of accepted that I don't really need to, <laughs> I don't need to have all the answers. And, but I, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, like I do lots to... of yoga. Someone talks to me about my chakras every once in a while. Like, you know, yeah. we do uh, <laughs> some new agey stuff. And then I, like, I read a lot of um, books on Buddhism and some of that mm-hmm. feels good too. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I know it's, it's kind of trendy to say like I'm spiritual and not religious, but mm. that's kind of how it feels. That's okay. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have any other questions? I, I don't always, think so. I always end the interview before guys, before they finish their questions. <laughs> so I've gotten better about asking. <laughs> I was like, wait, I wanted to ask one more thing. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you guys get cut off. Sorry. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Jessica, right before we started, you had brought up a post that Beth had made. Oh, in your stories. It It was in your stories yesterday, I believe. It was interesting to me because you were talking about the idea of choosing. You were talking about, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right, so you're going to have to correct me. (laughs) But like some people do choose into a gay lifestyle, not just gay, but like LBGTQ plus, where we're always saying, you know, you're born this way. And you were kind of discussing those two things. And it's it was interesting to me because Matt was helping me write a post a couple of days ago and he said something about making a choice. And I said, no, 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 I can't put the word that it's a choice in there because people will be like, claws out if I make a post saying that you chose a, a gay lifestyle, gay? Yes, okay. that they chose this or whatever. So I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah. So I just finished reading um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yeah which is on my list. I want to read that. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many thoughts that I already had that she said in a way that was so eloquent that I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how I feel. And so there was this chapter on that and that we should steer away from using that as like a justification, right? Like they can't help it. It's not their choice. They were born that way. That inherently makes it seem like there's a flaw, like there's something wrong. Like, we just need to accept them because they were born that way. Like they, like almost like, oh, well, they, they have a disability or something. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, and she said something in the book and she was like, I, I understand that that's also true, but it shouldn't be said like, it's a bad thing because I'm also, I want it to be said, like, maybe it is my choice. Like I'm a grown woman and I do what the f*** I want. <laughs> yeah. So who cares if it's a choice or it's not a choice? Like yeah. it's, it's great either way. Like we should be celebrating who people choose as a partner and not just saying like, yeah, I'm with a woman because I just can't help it. I'm born that way. Like, sorry, like it feels apologetic and I don't think we should be apologetic. 
I like that. And I like that too. It's not like this is what I got stuck with. Yeah. This is me and this is how I choose to be and this is how I'm living my life. And I think it also implies that we would change it if we could. Right. And so, and that, like there's shame in that. Like I, I was born this way and I wouldn't choose to be gay if I didn't have to be. And I, and so like some people say, like as, because I'm bi, there is like more choice for me. Um, and I mean, I, you don't choose who you fall in love with regardless of what their gender is, but also like, I would still choose her. Like I wouldn't choose to not be part of the LGBT community just because it would be easier like that. Cause that implies that there's something wrong with it. This is the argument, Steve, I created with Steve because I said it slightly wrong when I was telling him before we started recording. And he's like, you don't choose who you love. You can't choose who you fall in love with. And he's like, I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm no, I'm not saying this right. I want her to say it for us. I'm just trying to give you an overview of, of what she put out there that I thought was so interesting how you said it. Yeah, I think it's just that I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to be different. I wouldn't choose to not be like, yeah. And I, I like what you brought up there that there was a time in my life where if I could have chosen to not be gay, I, after coming out, even like if I could have change that I would have but that's not the case for me now I like that I'm gay I'm happy that I am it's it's a part of me that I like and I wouldn't change that yeah my wife came out in the 90s and she was like back then I would have given literally anything in the world to not like girls like because it just made everything so hard but yeah but and when you when you start to feel comfortable in your skin and learn about yourself and become proud and then it's like you don't want to push forward that narrative that like, there's a like problem that you have to make an excuse for. It's the same thing. Like there was another part in the book where they were all watching TV together and this girl, the girl in the family was getting ready to come out to her parents. And, and it was supposed to be that they were all accepting. And they said, we love you. And they were like, don't say no matter what, don't say no matter what. And they said, we love you no matter what. And they were like, ah, because no matter what implies like that you've still disappointed them in some way. We love you, even if you're a screw up. We love you. Yeah, no, you messed up. We love you no matter what, though. Like, it's like I didn't steal something from a department store. I'm just gay. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was an interesting point, too, when you talked about that as well. So I'm excited to read that book. I need to You'll get love it. it. Super excited. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and who you are and what you're doing. Um, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to ask, will you tell us one more time what your platform is if someone wants to find it on I'm Instagram? Just tell and- them what what it has to offer offer them like yeah so like who, who, should, um, who should follow you on instagram <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah so i'm the inclusive stepmom and that's that's what my instagram handle is and that's also the name of my website and i offer um step parent coaching so it's coaching primarily for stepmoms who are struggling whether they're feeling anxiety or they're having trouble co-parenting gay, straight, bi, any, any stepmom with any family dynamic. Um, we all have like the same deep struggles when it comes to our role in our families. And so that's who I'm talking to mostly. Um, but anybody who's in a step family dynamic, I think we could also relate to each other's stories. For sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's awesome to get to know you and to have your story on our podcast this week. Yeah. Thanks, thank Beth. you so much for having me. Thanks, Beth. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. 
We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they're appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call. Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store, just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we are going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.